0: 2024. I'm glad that you're here with us this morning. Uh, This past week, I went for some blood tests, uh, nothing, not a big deal, just these periodic things I haven't done with some of the issues I've struggled with. And and there was a young lady who was drawing my blood, and she was really sweet. And uh, she began to talk to me, and she began to make small talk, which I uh, I know that she probably was a very friendly young lady, but they do that, In order to keep you going, right? To make sure you're okay, uh, to make sure that everything's going all right. And so they're asking you questions all the time and having you talk. And she asked me a a question I really wasn't expecting. She said, uh, so what's your New Year's resolution? I thought, well, I don't even know you, you know. (laughs) But usually I give it some thought and I have a plan, but, but honestly, this year, up until then, I hadn't really given it much thought uh, of what my New Year's resolution might be. So I said, man, that's a loaded question. Uh, and this is what I said. I said, you know what I really want to do in 2024? I want to be more consistent. And she looked at me and she was like, Okay, that's not what she expected, I think, for me to say. Usually, you know, it's like, well, I want to eat less sugar, or I want to exercise more, or I want to go on a vacation, but I want to be more consistent. Have you ever met someone who just doesn't show up? Like, they say that they're going to do something, but when push comes to shove, they end up not doing it. Maybe it's a friend. They say they're going to meet you for lunch, but they never show up, and you know they're going to cancel. Um, maybe your parents or a parent of yours might have told you that they were gonna spend more time with you. Uh, Maybe this was recently, maybe it was when you were little and they just always got caught up with work. Or maybe you're the one who has a problem showing up. Maybe you tell your spouse you're gonna get that project done for them, but you never get around to it. Or you're gonna prioritize your relationship and then you end up just spending the evening and the evening after that and the evening after that playing video games or watching Netflix, many of us have a problem with showing up, being consistent. And this morning, we're starting a new series called Show Up, and it's a call to everyday faithfulness. Last year, if you were with us, as we started a new year, we started a new year with a series called Shape Up. And we talked about spiritual disciplines. And although I didn't intentionally do it, it seems like uh, that once I decided for us to do this series called Show Up, that next year we're going to have to do something else, fill in the blank, up, right? So you can kind of tell me what you think we should do for next year. Uh, But this year, we're starting off this with a series called Show Up. And last year, I also felt a strong leading from the Lord to have a particular verse that we were going to center all of our teaching around. It became a focus for me as I looked through the lens of how we're going to plan, how we're going to walk through scripture this year. If you remember last year, it was Colossians chapter one, starting in verse nine. It said, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then you will live Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And that became a theme verse for me and a focus for our teaching and it helped shape how I look at what God is doing in my life. And I hope that maybe it had some, did some good for you as well. Now, this year, I don't feel a strong urging from the Lord that Seymour Christian Church has to have this particular or a particular verse as their theme verse. But for me personally, I want to share with you God's put on my heart. This verse has come to mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Or I love the way that the New Living Translation puts it. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. That's consistency right there. Always work enthusiastically, always, not sometimes, always work enthusiastically for the Lord for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. How many of you ever felt like you're doing something useless? Or that maybe your life feels useless? I know that I have. Sometimes those of us who suffer what I call your dispositions, those of you who have this know who you are, right? Yeah, we're aware of this. We might deal with this more than others, but all of us, I think, at one point or another in our life, we feel useless, particularly in our spiritual lives. Maybe we've wondered, is this really working? Maybe you're not feeling the spark that you once were. You may actually have given up on the whole God thing. You might be just going through the motions, or maybe you're bored. And all of those things can keep us from living the life that God has called us to. And no matter who you are, no matter what your job is, how old you are, whether you've been coming to church uh, every Sunday since you were born, or this is your first time ever darkening the doors of a church, you wandered in here today because it's a new year, or you're not sure why, or your spouse made you, no matter why, we all have a call from God on our lives, all of us. And it's a call to be a disciple. Now we use a definition around here for a disciple. If you've been with this, you might remember this. A disciple is someone who is following Jesus, being changed by Jesus and is committed to the mission of Jesus. That's the call on your life. That's the call on my life. No matter what our job is, no matter what we're studying in school, that's the call on our life. Even when we don't feel like it, even when we're not consistent, even when we don't show up, that's our calling. I don't always feel like I'm living as a disciple. And truthfully, I'm not always. My life doesn't always reflect that. But the passage we just read says, nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. See, that verse is about showing up. Now, the Bible doesn't use the phrase show up, but it does use a word that you might be familiar with, faithfulness. And living a life of a disciple is about living a life of faithfulness. Now, faithfulness is sort of an odd word. That's not something that we usually use in everyday language. Now, we know that faithfulness is a positive trait, right? Everyone knows that. We understand that. But when we think of faithfulness the way we often use it, it's often, to be honest, boring, right? Think about some of the ways we use this phrase for you. He's good old faithful, right? Or we might be talking about our dog, you know, our faithful dog who's just always there with us. We think of someone, they're just consistent. They're just faithful. They're just always there. It's not sexy, right? It seems kind of boring. Faithfulness. But that's not the way I want us to look at faithfulness. A.W. Tozer said this, Christian faith is not so much about what you say you believe, but how you behave in a consistent manner. And so here's the definition I want us to use for faithfulness. Your beliefs showing up in your behavior. What you believe showing up in how you act. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at faithfulness, at showing up, living a life of consistency. And we're going to look at three key areas that all of us live our lives in. We're going to see how can we be faithful? How can we show up in our family? How can we be faithful? How do we show up in our work? Whatever that might be. And how are we faithful? How do we show up in our community? Our church community, the world around us—how do we show up? Second Corinthians. Before we do that, I want us before we look at how we can be faithful over the next few weeks. This morning, what we're going to dive into for a few minutes, as we start off this new year, is how is God faithful? What does God tell us about His faithfulness? 2 Thessalonians three three says, "The Lord is faithful." He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says. He's consistent. He follows through. And he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ. So before we go on, let's pray together this morning. God, we thank you for this new year, for this fresh start. As we talked about last week, as Matt shared with us, this restart that we all have to be able to look at our life from a different angle, different perspective as we look to this coming year. And God, I ask that over the next few weeks and over this next year that we would really seriously look at the consistency in our life. What are we consistently involved in? What are we consistently putting our heart and our mind and our strength, our passion into? And Lord, how can we be faithful? Not a boring kind of faithful, Lord, but how can we be faithful, living our life with the call that you put on our hearts to be your disciples, to follow you, to be changed by you and to committed to your mission? God, be with us this morning as we look at scripture, open our hearts to hear the words you have for us. And in Christ's name we pray. And the church together said, amen. amen. Well, if you got your Bibles, we're going to be looking this morning at 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to be jumping around a little bit in there. So we're going to be starting in verse 11 in a moment. But while you're looking there, Timothy is the second letter that the apostle Paul wrote to his young mentor, Timothy. And Timothy was serving as a pastor in Ephesus. And we're going to be jumping kind of in the middle of this letter. But the context is that Timothy's dealing with some issues at his church. He's pastoring this church and Paul wants to encourage him not to lose focus to keep solid ground, to not give up, to be consistent, to keep showing up even when things are going rough. So let's look at verse 11. Starting in verse 11, it says, the statement is trustworthy. Now, in your Bible, this is probably looks a little different, this passage of text. It's broken up a little bit different because scholars believe that when he says this statement is trustworthy, it's, it's a phrase that they knew, most likely even a song, a hymn that they sang. Much like we sing songs and we have these phrases. Some of us have phrases that just all of us know, like God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Just a phrase that everybody knows. And so this was something people were familiar with. And he says, this statement is trustworthy. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself or he can't deny who he is. He can't go against his nature. Now, this poem is broken into four sections and it's made up of this recurring phrase, if, and then it's followed by a then. In the if, it represents us, right? The things that we do. If we will do them, then we're gonna see how God shows up. If we show up, we'll see how he shows up. If we die with him, it says, we will also live with him. If we die with him, we will also live with him. This is echoing Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six, starting in verse five, tells us this. It says, For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin for the one who has died is freed from sin. We see the death that leads to life. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all time, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. So you too, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. If we will die, we will live. Next section says, if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we endure hardship... We will reign with him. John 16, says, I've told you these things. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. There's gonna be struggles in our life, but if we can endure them, if we will endure them with him, he won't just endure them with us. He tells us we will reign with him. So, so far, this is sounding pretty awesome, right? Let's look at the next verse. If we deny him, He will deny us. Now, wait, were you expecting if we deny him, he won't deny us? That sounds a lot more pleasant, doesn't it? Last week, Matt talked about how Peter denied Jesus three times. But this verse tells us that if we deny Jesus, he denies us. So, how come Jesus accepted Peter back, gave him a restart like we talked about last week? If here he says, if you deny him, he denies you. Now, the word here in the Greek for deny means to refuse. Or a better way to understand it, I think, is the word disavow. Disavow. That's a word that we don't hear much today unless you're fans of the Mission Impossible movies, right? And that's a phrase they say in there. Now, the dictionary defines disavow as deny any responsibility or support for. Now, these movies, Mission Impossible movies, they start off with Ethan Hunt being told that if the mission goes south... The IMF will disavow all knowledge of his actions, right? He won't be covered under the protection of the government. You're on your own, basically. That isn't a momentary denial like we saw with Peter. Peter, in a moment in his life, made a bad choice. But to disavow is to say, I'm having nothing to do with this. It's a final word. I'm not going to accept the support of this anymore. I'm not going to give you support. See, we all, like Peter, have denied Jesus at some point in our lives. We live life on our own. And those are moments of inconsistencies in our lives where we temporarily turn our back on God. We deny, we disown, as some translations will say. But if we disavow, if we walk away and never come back, God's promise to us is that if we live that way, we won't be covered by his protection in eternity. That in a way, not in a way, it is the way that God shows us his faithfulness. See, it's not a threat. If you don't do this, then I'm not going. It's a warning. It's not a threat. It's a warning for us. That if we disavow God, if we deny him, it's within his character. He can have nothing to do with evil. If we deny him, he will deny us. The text goes on. It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Now, you may have heard this verse or seen it on a TV or a T-shirt or on the internet or something. It's often used to make us feel better about our sin, right? Sometimes this is taken out of context. And it's to help us think, oh, well, it doesn't really matter what I do because God's faithful. That's not what this passage is saying. It says that if we're faithless, he remains faithful. So there are two stu- schools of thought in this passage. One is that if we remain faithless, the key word being remain. If we disavow, right? If we deny him with our lives, he remains faithful to himself in what he promised us will happen. That he can have nothing to do with us. That those, he can have nothing to do with those who are faithless. Another school of thought is that even when we, like Peter, have moments of faithlessness, God is always faithful to himself. And as believers, we already talked about this morning, we carry a piece of Christ with us. We celebrated that when we took communion together. That Christ is within us, and so he can't be faithless to himself. So if Christ is living within you, the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sin And from a life of faithlessness. So in that he will remain faithful to the spirit within us. To his spirit within us. And Christ covers us. And accepts us back. Even after we have those moments of faithlessness. Now we could argue both points on this. And the reality I think is that both are true. Both represent the character of God. And demonstrate who he is in his faithfulness. If we choose to be permanently faithless, to disavow God, he'll remain faithful to his plan. We've just opted out of it. Matthew 20 or Matthew 7 verse 21 says this. Jesus is saying this his words. He says not everyone will say to me, "Lord, Lord," will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. But if we have a lapse in our faithfulness, but come back to him, like the story of the prodigal son, he will forgive us and he welcomes us back. See, it's both a warning a and an encouragement. So Paul is telling us: if we die, we live; if we endure, we reign; if we deny Him, He will deny us; if we're faithless, He, though, will be faithful. He's consistent. He always shows up. He's true to His word. Now, there's a part of this poem that can change, and a part that never changes. Remember, I said the "if" in this is us. We're the ones that are inconsistent. It says if because we could go either way sometimes, right? We're making that choice daily to do these things or not do these things. We don't always show up. We aren't always faithful. But God will. He is consistent. He is faithful. See, he has to remain faithful to who he is. No matter what we do. So that's both a warning and encouragement. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're not consistent, but he is always showing up. So how can we live a more consistent life? How do we grow in faithfulness? Our faithfulness grows as Christ transforms us. Our faithfulness grows. We become more consistent. We show up more as Christ transforms us. See, what we do is not near as important as who we are. Now, don't hear me say that your actions don't matter. That's kind of what people that look at that verse that says, even if we're faithless, he's faithful, often think. Our actions do matter. But remember, faithfulness is our belief being lived out in what we do, not just in one moment, but over the long haul. See, as Christ transforms us, as he sanctifies us, That's another word we use to talk about, how we're becoming more like Jesus. He shapes who we are. And what we do naturally shifts because of that change within us. See, I think many churches have gotten this backwards. People become focused on doing the right things and not becoming the right thing. They're focused on the doing and not the being. That's resulted, we've seen this in scandals all throughout the church, right? whether it's TV preacher or, or people that we hold up and revere as God godly men and women and we see them fall because they're not doing the right thing because what's going on in the inside didn't reflect their life on the outside. We need to flip it the other way. We need to allow Christ to shape us first. And then the change in behavior will follow. See, another way we know about God's faithfulness is Philippians 1.6. Paul says, for I'm confident of this one thing, that he who began a good work among you will complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. That's showing God's faithfulness. Even when we slip up, even when we sin, even when we have those moments like Peter where we deny him, He's working within us. Something is happening. And our faithfulness grows as he transforms us more and more into who he is. See, all of us have moments of failure. The only way to know your faithfulness is over time. So I want to ask you this question. Are we becoming more consistent? Are you becoming more consistent? We talked a moment about Peter and we, we, Matt spent time talking about him last week. But the same moment that Peter was denying Jesus three times, there was another apostle that was also denying Jesus, Judas. At the very same time. Now, if you were to look at both Judas and Peter at that moment in their life and say, who is being more faithful? What would the answer be? Neither. Both were living a life in that moment of faithlessness. But the difference is Peter was pursuing Jesus. Peter was chasing after Christ. One shows repentance in a lifestyle of pursuing God. Peter's moment of faithlessness was just a blip. It wasn't his permanent decision. Judas, though, made a choice to walk away and not come back. So when we look at living a life of faithfulness, it's not about checking things off a list. It's about adopting a lifestyle. It's not about checking the good deeds off our list. It's about adopting a lifestyle of faithfulness. See, our faith is grounded in the understanding that the same God who remained faithful throughout history continues to fulfill his promises in our lives today. His commitment, is that no matter what we might be doing, the if, right? No matter how you live your life yesterday, today, or tomorrow, he is faithful to his unchanging nature, to his unending love. Romans 23, 19 says, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And the answer is no. God is God. His character is not dependent on ours. See, God can't be untrue to his nature, but we can. We sin. We're the ones that are inconsistent, but God is a God who shows up. God's faithfulness is not dependent on our faithfulness to him. See, even when I am less, when you are less, he is full. Even when we live a life of less, he is full He's full of faithfulness and forgiveness and redemption and love. That's the grace that Matt talked about last week. He's faithful to be who he said he is, and that's a God who can and will and wants to take us back, to bring us back to him. Now, I'm notoriously bad at responding to text messages. Some of you have experienced this for me. It could be days, maybe a week, sometimes longer, And then you get it, hey, sorry, I missed this one. I especially have trouble with all of the group text messages. How many of you guys hate group text messages? Yeah. Especially if you're not an iPhone user, it makes it so much more difficult. So you Android people, you're messing it up for the rest of us here. They're threaded in the iPhone that gives us a way to be able to see them. But I digress, okay. I'm notoriously bad at responding to text messages, and I need to be more consistent in that. But I think it often in many ways, I'm living my life uh, with God like I am sometimes with my text messages. I'm ghosting him, right? I'm just going, I'm not consistent. I'm not always answering when he calls. He's there, faithful, waiting. I'm glad that's part of his character. He's waiting for me, he's waiting for you to respond to join him in consistent faithfulness, to following him, to be his disciple. Eugene Peterson has this amazing quote in his book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, which if you haven't read, I encourage you to read. It's a great book. He says this, he says, there's a great market for religious experience in our world. There's little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue, little inclination to sign up for the long apprenticeship in what earlier generations of Christians called holiness. So we're gonna see over the next few weeks how we can grow in holiness, faithfulness in our families, our work, and our community. But Paul gives Timothy some words here of what it looks like to show up, to live consistently, to be faithful. Before we enter time here, I want us to quickly look at these as we end our time together. So we're gonna be in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 14. He says, Remind them of these things and solemnly exhort in the presence of God. Do not dispute about words which is useless and leads to the ruin of the listeners. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. He says, remind them of these. You need to be approved by God. I don't know how many of you have seen this stamp that's gone around the church. There's a picture of it here. How many of you have seen this approved by Dan stamp, (laughs) right? Now, Truth be told, I actually gave him that as a gift. So I've brought that upon you uh, if you see that show up. But God's saying, here's what it looks like to be approved, right? And he goes on in verse 22. He says, now flee from useful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, and those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. He goes on, but refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they will produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant or the servant of the Lord, us, must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, skillful in teaching, patient when wronged. That's a big one for many of us, isn't it? And gentleness, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they will come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. So what does it look like to live a life of faithfulness? To pursue righteousness, love, peace, it says. To not fight with each other. To be able to teach people in those moments, are you able to share the love of God with others? Are you able to demonstrate his faithfulness to the people around you? Are you patient when wronged? Can you forgive? Can you correct people in gentleness, not in harshness? That's what living a life of showing up looks like. So as we close, I want to ask you to ponder this question. Two questions. The first is this. How has God shown up for you? How has God shown up for you? How have you seen God's faithful, consistent nature in your life? As we start off this new year, I want you to recognize it. Write it down if you have to. But how have you seen his faithfulness and thank him? Thank God for his faithful, consistent nature, his consistent love. Thank him for giving you a firm foundation on which you can stand. Even when things get crazy in the world, and even when we might temporarily walk away, even when things seem like they're crashing down around you, and if you haven't experienced that yet, you will. You can endure. How has God shown up for you? And here's the second question. In what area of your life do you need to grow more consistent for Christ? Maybe it's one area, maybe it's areas, but where do you need to grow more consistent? Where do you need to show up? See, if you recognize that you've been unfaithful, if you're still breathing, there's still time. It's not too late. Whether today you're Peter or you feel like Judas, he is faithful. It's both your warning and your encouragement. It's not too late. No matter how far you've wandered, no matter what 2023 brought or every year before that brought in your life, you can begin a life of everyday faithfulness today. If you want to learn more about how to do that, we're going to sing a song in a moment. And I encourage you, you can come up here. You can meet me in the back after service. But don't let today be the time that you don't show up. May today be the day that you say, I'm going to start living a consistent life. I'm going to build my life upon the faithfulness of God. No matter what my past has brought, I'm going to live my life showing up for Jesus. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your faithfulness, for your love, for your forgiveness, that you welcome us back with open arms, Lord. God, help us to be people who show up. Not just in the words that we say, but in the way that we live. May we be people who live our lives faithful to the calling you have on us to be your disciples, to follow you, to be changed by you, to be committed to your mission. God, I pray that we would each this week, even maybe today, Lord, take a few moments to reflect on how you've shown up for us, And Lord, ask you, Holy Spirit, to tell us where do we need to be more consistent? Maybe it's showing up to church more, to be fed and to encourage other people. Maybe it's opening up our Bibles. Maybe it's getting down on our knees in prayer. Maybe it's forgiving those people that have wronged us, whatever it might be, Lord. Show us how we can show up more for you. God, that's our prayer as we start off this year. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.